Welcome. This is Karen Modakaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. Hello, hello, hello. I am back from down under. And wow, what a trip that was. It was amazing. And I'm going to talk a bit about it today when I talk about letting yourself dream. But before we get started, a couple of things that we need to get taken care of. One is emails. If you're signed up to get emails from me, we have the Friday podcast that goes out and then the Sunday love. And those are letters that I write to you from a place of love. And this summer we were doing the wisdom Wednesdays. If you've signed up and for that or for the mindset practice and you're not getting it, one of the things for you to go and do, especially if you're in Gmail, is to go into your Gmail settings. Like I use Mac mail, so I don't notice this, but if you go into your Gmail settings and click that little settings box, and then you get to select the tabs to enable. So if you have promotions set up, sometimes our emails are getting lost in there. So make sure that you get the emails because I know many of you have signed up or you've signed up for coaching wait lists and we've tried to contact you and we're not getting responses. So make sure that you are getting emails from hello at how she really does it into your primary inbox, especially if you're using Gmail. All right. So that's the business item. Now, Australia. Holy moly, you guys. I love, love, love Australia. This year, I've done a lot of traveling. I was in Italy and on the Amalfi Coast, and and that was fantastic. And it was amazing as well. I really love Australia. I really love Australia. I love the people. I love the country. I just love Australia. And I even like the trees. And it's so funny because there was discussion about the trees. And I have a client who doesn't like the trees. She's actually from Australia. And we've talked about it. And then in my van with the athletes where I was with, they were talking about the trees. And some of them liked them and some of them didn't. And I just loved Australia. I loved it. I The beaches were amazing. We saw lots of beaches. We were down in Byron Bay. And there was a Liam Hemsworth sighting. So the college women were very excited about that but the beaches are so clean. There's just not debris and there's not the seaweed that we have on the California coastline. It was just amazing. The water's really cold. (laughs) The water, because it's their winter. So while I could still run around in my skorts and t-shirts for the most part, or sometimes like Lululemon leggings or something, but for the most part, you're fine. Just even though it was winter, so that part's much better, but the water is cold. I did go to the famous Bondi Beach, which has the pool right next to the ocean and it's ocean water that goes in. And the night before, and I was, this is when I was in Sydney by myself before my family came. And the night before I was like, huh, I wonder if this water's going to be warm. And in Sydney's a bit cooler. It's more like San Francisco. So for those of you guys that are familiar with California in the summer and San Francisco in the summer, it's just a bit on the cooler side. And I Googled it and I was like, oh my gosh, it's 16 degrees in the water. And I figured out, I think that was 61 degrees Fahrenheit. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So to give you a frame of reference, most swimming pools in the States are like 81, 82 degrees. That is very significant. When I swim in Canada in the water, the water is typically about 75 degrees. So then that's about as cold as I like water to be. It's just my preference, but I did swim. At first, I wasn't going to get in and bond a pool. I'm like, oh no, that is crazy. 
I'm not getting in, but, and I made the trek out there and I had my swim stuff just in case. And then I got there and I was like, oh, it took me a long time. And that's a whole nother episode that I can talk about because today I'm going to be talking about letting yourself dream. And before we go into letting yourself dream, it's time to do a shout out to our community. All right. So here's a review from Wisconsin Sunshine and Smiles. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for giving it a five-star rating. I'm a subscriber and listen at least to you twice a week with your Wednesday and Friday talks. Then whenever possible, I grab a prior podcast as I've just been listening for the past couple months. So many great and inspiring moments you bring to me with the healing of the shame game I was playing with myself for so many years. I find myself sharing at least one podcast a week to one or more friends or family. Thank you so much for smiling big for us, sending sunshine and smiles from Wisconsin. Oh, yes. I'm so glad that you have sunshine right now because I'm sure soon that will be ending. And thank you for sharing with friends and family. And I love the fact that you are a new subscriber to the show because I've had some people that have been around since the early days of 2006. So I love how our community grows and people get connected here. And the shame game, that shame game is really tough, right? So here's the thing, Wisconsin sunshine and smiles, my friend, is that shame, we all experience it as we learn how to move through it. It cannot take us down as much. So that's the big thing. And when we can stop playing that game and recognize this is the feeling and then understanding how can I move through it? That is so valuable. So I'm glad that you are here. All right. So now I'm going to talk about letting yourself dream. So here's the thing. I used to not be a very good dreamer because there were times that I had these like high aspirations and it didn't happen. And then so eventually I just made that mean that I was a loser from Loser Street, my old sad story. So growing up, one of my favorite things to do on a Friday night was watch television and we'd have some practice and then come home and watch television. And it would be the Dukes of Hazards, the Love Boat and then Fantasy Island. And so for those of you that are, I'm 47, so around my age, and maybe you were watching those shows too, but those are the, I just love, love, love. I don't know what we did on Saturday night, but I know I did that on Friday night. I love those three shows. And in 1980, I was eight years old. In 81, I was nine years old and seeing the world. And at that point, I had really learned that there were certain things like, don't even dream it, Corinne, because it's not possible for you. And one of them had to do with when the love boat went to Australia. So that was 1981 and they went to Australia. And I remember they were at the zoo and they saw kangaroos and koalas. And I was like, wow, in the opera house. And at some point I told myself that that was impossible. It was never going to happen to somebody like me. I couldn't go there. That's when some of the wonder in my life dimmed. It was just a small thing, maybe a little snowflake that then got added on it over the years of my life. And when I got to Sydney and I flew in by myself, I was coming in off of holiday with my family. They went home and I flew straight from Hawaii to Sydney and I got to the airport and then I got on the train and was going to, I was staying at the Harbor at a hotel and I got on the train and, you know, got off the train. And as I was trying to figure out which way to go and looking at my maps and, you know, where was I going? And I looked up and I spotted the Sydney opera house. And like, all of a sudden I I could feel it right now. Like the tears just welled up in my eyes. And I was like, wow, I'm really here. 
I was a bit actually taken aback. I'm like, why is this emotion so profound? What's going on? And fortunately I had about, I don't know, I'm a slow walker, about a 10 or 15 minute walk to my hotel. And as I was walking along the harbor and looking at the opera house and looking at the harbor bridge and just being amazed and like, oh my gosh, I'm here. And then I was kind of like laughing with myself because I was like, well, so do I, I mean, I love the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco and I've walked across it. I've been underneath it. I'm like, do I get that mesmerized? Do I get that stunned? Or like when I went to New York a couple of years ago for the first time and, you know, saw certain landmarks, did I get a stunned? And trying to unpack what was going on in my brain, what was happening, because I did not understand these emotions. So fortunately, I'm walking, which is a great way for me to unpack my brain. And I was asking myself, what's going on in my brain? What am I feeling? And it wasn't sadness. And there's it was a bunch of overwhelm. And there's all these emotions I had pushed down. And what did I believe, you know, and that's what I was trying to understand because there was almost this letting go of grief and that's really what I was feeling, but this letting go of grief. And I realized I had a story that a girl like me could never go to a place like Australia. And I was like, really? Why would that be even true? Immediately was like, well, it's too far away. It's too expensive. You were just a loser girl from loser street. Couldn't happen to somebody like you. Those were the beliefs that I wouldn't, wasn't even aware that were there until I had that catalytic moment where I stepped off the train and I lifted my head up and then poof, they started to come out. And actually they didn't come out in terms of the thoughts. It was the emotions and then me figuring out what were the stories that was creating these emotions. What was the emotion and then what were the stories? So my friend, those things, those beliefs of it's too far away, it's too expensive, it doesn't happen to a person like you because you're from Loser Street, those are what we call limiting beliefs. We put limitations on what we believe is possible for ourselves. And that is the fastest way to create prison walls in our life. And I talk a lot about this. It's, and they really are prison walls because for me, my walls were so strong and I didn't even think ever consider using the skill sets that I have. I have a really big skill set of being resourceful. I have another skill set of overcoming obstacles. And it was so interesting because I thought about that. I'm like, it's too far away. And obviously I'm, I was there as I'm thinking this, I'm like, yeah, it's far, but it's a plane ride. It's not like I had to take a freight ship. It's not the impossible, you know, there's money to it, but it's something that I can afford to do in my life to fly there. And so there's the time and the money aspect, but obviously, cause I'm there. And it was so interesting that once I decided to commit to these limiting beliefs, I shut down. I didn't even consider it. And it closed me off from brainstorming and overcoming obstacles. Again, overcoming obstacles. I want to say, unfortunately is a huge forte of mine. <laughs> Sometimes I have too many obstacles to overcome. So I didn't, I didn't allow myself to dream. And there was also this way of, you know, tying myself back to my own sense of worthiness because it was like, well, if I was worthy, I could go here, right? Which is all that BS stuff. And a long time ago, I lost sight of this and I was numb until I stepped off the train and I didn't have focus. I didn't have insight and there wasn't any planning that went into hey, here's this little dream of this little girl at nine years old who's like, wow, that looks like such an amazing place. I want to go there to where I just pushed it aside and pushed it way, way down. 
So the thing that when I then started to unpack, like, okay, well then how did I get here? You know, let's, let's really look at that. How did I go from not ever believing it was possible to being here in Sydney, Australia? And one of the things that I noticed as I was unpacking all of this is that over the years, I've been really fortunate. I have many clients that I've been coaching from Australia. And actually years and years ago, actually 25 years ago, I had some Australian swimmers who I got to coach. And I was so fun when I was in Brisbane and we got to connect there when I was back there. So in the more recent years, I've had Australian clients that I was coaching and some of them were abroad in Australia and some of them are here in the States. And so what started happening was there was that association, that connection with Australia. And this becomes important. And let's, we're going to pause for this in a second and go into the sports world. There's this whole idea of when you can see somebody else do something, you're like, oh, well, if they can do that, why not me? Right? So and that's why learning in groups can be so much more effective, whether you're learning how to swim or you're practice training with another group, because it's like, well, they did it so I can do it. And we start to figure out better. So by having clients that were over there, over here, and then we kind of talk a little bit about Australia or they, whether they mentioned they don't like the trees and I'd be baffled, why don't they like the trees? So over time, there's been more and more Australia in my life. There's been more and more Australia in my life. I really adore my Australian clients. And so there's been more interest and it's been kind of bubbling up. So that started to kind of knock down some of the bricks on the prison walls that I had, like really letting go of, oh, it's too far. It's not possible as my clients are going from the States to Australia or going from wherever, right? I'm like, oh, it's a plane ride. Like I'm starting to realize that it's not as impractical as I made it out to be. And this frequency happened. And a few years ago, I was a guest on a podcast from somebody from down under. And so again, it's just been this correlation and we have a huge listener base in Australia. So over the years, those bricks have been coming down and windows have been popping up and the doors started to open. And then this opportunity to go to Australia happened. And the opportunity came about in the most ironic way was my husband was going to take his university athletes with him to Australia for a meet and a training trip. So all of a sudden, here I was having this opportunity to travel along with them and go to Australia. And it's like, wow, really? And I was kind of skeptical, was this really going to happen? And I didn't have a whole lot of space in my schedule and I wasn't creating space for it. And then here's the thing, like, you know, he could have said if he was going to, I don't know, some country I didn't want to go to and be like, I forget it. I don't want to go. But Australia, like, how did that align? This great country that I've just always wanted to go to was on my bucket list but I wouldn't even identify it that it was on my bucket list. At this point, this is in the beginning of 2019 or at the end of 2018, I wouldn't even identify that it was on my bucket list because remember I pushed it so far down. So I had this resistance and it was starting to build and I was like, well, I don't know if I'm really going to go and can I really go? And, you know, I had my own concerns. I don't want to call it worries because I try not to worry, but I had my own concerns about being gone for so long and what really were the details. And I didn't want to, could I be away from the monsters for that long? And we had a whole bunch of stuff going on. And, you know, what about my own clients and my coaching business? How is this going to be practical? And I was also really concerned because we had just committed to go to Hawaii on holiday with some friends. And I didn't, I'm a person who likes to follow through with what she says. And I was worried that this was going to get cast aside. There was that word worried, but there was concern about that. And I was already just really busy. And now I'm like, I have to create time to plan this out as well. 
So I had my own shit shows <laughs> through the year because I was like, ah, why are we doing this? And then I finally sat down. I started working on figuring out my flights and how was I going to make that work? And then I had my own tantrums about that because there were lots of flights the way that we did this journey. And, you know, I actually bought tickets and then I canceled tickets. It was just a shit show because one of the things that we do when we want something, we also sabotage it. That is part of the process. You know, we can call it, Brene calls it making the mess, right? There's beauty in the mess. There's going to be the mess. And I think it had to do with, again, my own limiting beliefs about this is not possible for somebody like me, except it totally was possible for somebody like me today. Maybe not when I was 10, my family couldn't afford it. But at 47, it was something that was possible. So here I had this opportunity as my prison walls came down, as my own limiting beliefs let go. And then I had my own resistance. I had my own self-sabotage where I created a lot of unnecessary drama with just the chitter chatter because I wasn't you know, creating space for that. So I had to get through my own shit shows, let a lot of that stuff go, make decisions. And I bought my ticket <laughs> again and got on the similar flights coming home with the group. That way I could be with them. And then here's the thing. So once I made that decision, I was like, okay, I'm going. That's where things got really cool is that I was asked to do work in Australia and with clients. And then I also had a workshop in Brisbane. So shout out to the ladies who joined that day. It was so much fun. I love doing stuff in person. And we had this beautiful hotel in downtown Brisbane and it was awesome. So that was amazing. And then I got to do more work coaching clients when I was on the Gold Coast. And then of course, there was swimming stuff to do. There was some visiting of swim schools that I went and did, and there was pools and swim meets. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of swimming stuff. So it was my, my life just down under. <laughs> but, but I just want to remind you, because when I arrived in Sydney, I was moved with overwhelm and I was, I had grief that came up and I had to unpack my stories that were so buried in my subconscious. And then it was so interesting because as I was able to move through that and realize like, wait a second, it is possible for me to be here. It's not unrealistic. And then I also had evidence, right? So that can, you can say, well, Chris, you didn't have to believe to achieve, but I did need to believe to achieve because there I was, I had to let go that it wasn't possible. And then by exploring through this, I got more clear about what I wanted. And I started thinking about like, okay, I'm here now. You know, do I want to come back? And because there were things that I was doing in Sydney, in addition to my work where, you know, again, the opera house is so significant thing for me. But I wanted my family to be there, you know, and walking around and I love that's one of my favorite things to do when I go away to places I love to walk around and get to know the area and going out to Bondi Beach. And there are so many other places I wanted to go to, but I really wanted to share that experience with my family. And I thought, I was like, wow, wouldn't it be great to go to Sydney with my family? So here's the thing. They were landing in Sydney, but we were getting on a plane together to head to Brisbane. So they weren't leaving the airport at all. It was flying internationally, switch over domestic flight, and off we go for our first leg of our trip. And even on the outbound, that was the same thing, fly in from Cairns and go home to San Francisco. I knew this trip was not going to be a possibility. And I thought about it. I was like, huh, we're going to just need to come back. We're going to come back. The four of us are going to come back. And here's where it gets really interesting because I'm the former queen of certainty. And 
you know, I have a daughter who's going to be a sophomore in college. I have a daughter who's a senior in high school. So, you know, the four of us, I realize that the four of us coming back at a certain point is going to be trickier. There's going to be more obstacles, but I was totally committed. I go, we're absolutely coming back. This is something we're going to do. I want to go through this experience with them. And I let it go. It was just something that I dreamed and I let go of and wasn't attached. Didn't make it mean like, see, I can prove it or any of that stuff. I just thought about it and I was really, really clear. And I just enjoyed myself in Sydney and then in the rest of Australia. And this is something, this dreaming and scheming is something that I've been practicing and cultivating more and more over the past few years, just in my own capacity, because I'm more at the back. And I think I've talked about this on the show, but she has this thing called the change cycle and she has the four squares. So the first square is square one, which is dissolving limiting beliefs. I'm really good coach with my clients at that arena, right? Like who you once were and who you are becoming, letting go of that armor and becoming who you've always been meant to be. That's one of my great areas. Square two is the dreaming and scheming. That one, because when I was growing up, like I'd have these outlandish goals they didn't occur and I had a fixed mindset. And I was like, well, that's just not possible. Get more practical current. And then square three is a great one of mine is the hero's journey. I'm really, really good. You want me on your team as you're going through hard things. So I'm not gonna let you story fondle and we're gonna really move through stuff. So the hero's journey, you know, and that's one of my areas to help you get to the promised land, which is square four or which is the life that you wanna create for yourself. So those are my two areas that I've been really great at. And I've really been deliberate the last few years of really developing this dreaming and scheming, which then goes back to here I am in Sydney. And then now, because I've gotten rid of and I've unpacked my mindset and all this stuff that I pushed down in my subconscious, I was able to then start to dream, but from a place where I'm rooted in love and compassion. It was like, this is what I want to do. I'm really, really clear about it. I'm not sure when I'm kind of thinking maybe in the next two to three years, we'll come back again and go and have this experience together. And I didn't even know if my family would want to do that. (laughs) It was, this is just Corinne walking around Australia, making these decisions. So letting yourself dream is really, really important, right? Because as you know, I didn't let myself dream for a long time. And especially for the Sydney thing, I didn't let myself dream. You've got to give yourself permission to let yourself dream. And then you must unpack any limiting beliefs. Now, what may happen is you'd be like, okay, Karen, I've dreamed, but there's no limiting beliefs. I have none. I'm like, great, go for it. Just start moving forward because you may be like me stepping off the train. The train is the metaphor, like getting off the train and going, oh my gosh, here's all the stuff that's coming up for me. And I didn't even realize it because I knew I was very deliberate in where I was staying. I knew I wanted to be the heart by the harbor. I knew I wanted to see the opera house. So I made those decisions ahead of time. So it wasn't like, I'm like, oh, wow, I'm staying right by the opera house. I knew that was happening. What I didn't know is all the stuff that I had pushed down. So you may draw a blank at first, But as you move towards your dream, what you will find out is your limiting beliefs. You want to unpack those limiting beliefs as they come up and just be curious, be really compassionate. No need to judge. Like I didn't judge and go seriously, Corinne, what the hell? Why are you crying right now? Why are tears? This should be a happy moment. I was like, wow, here's some emotion. There's something going on inside. What's going on? And I started to unpack it. And as you do that, then give yourself permission for what it is that you really want. What is it that you believed you couldn't have? And what is it that you really want? And start getting clear about what you want. And here's the important thing. It's about doing it without attachment. 
So again, with the Sydney, with my family, I made this like declaration in my head. I was like, I really want to bring my family here one day. Wouldn't it be great if we saw the Harvard and if we saw the Opera House and we go to Bondi Beach? Like that for me is a 10, right? It may not be for other people, but that was it. That's that's all I needed to experience. And I thought, this would be cool. So because I had let go of these beliefs, these limiting beliefs, it's not possible because I totally knew it was possible. And here's the thing. When I made that decision without even like talking to them or seeing if this is something when they want to do, I just knew it was going to happen. It was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. It was like, it was with the confidence of like when I ordered an Amazon package. And I wasn't attached to it. It wasn't like, well, if my husband thinks it's a good idea, if my kids think it's a good idea, I was like, this is just what I'm going to do. And if they say no, like that would have been okay too, but I didn't even worry about that. It was like, this is just what I would like to do. And one thing that's really important about dreaming, when you let yourself dream, it's who you become in the process of dreaming. It's not about getting it right, or does it measure up to the script that you wrote, right? Because remember, I'm a really good script writer, producer, director for my family. Like, here you go. This is what you need to do, or this way I used to do it in order for me to be happy. So the reality is, is and I knew this, is that I could have presented this to my family and say, hey, this is something I'd like you guys to do. And they'd be like, no, not at all interested. Like my husband doesn't really like cities, but I wasn't attaching to, does he care about me by willing to go, by his willingness to go to Sydney? I knew it didn't define me, but it was who I became in the process of dreaming. And again, like I said, it was like, oh, this is totally possible. So there was the confidence of that. I knew it was going to happen. So I was confident there. I wasn't attached to it. My sense of worthiness wasn't tied to it. So it was a way for me to practice getting a result I wanted without being attached to it. And One of the things is that I had to be able to do it by managing my mindset, right? By getting rid of all the declutter in my brain about what's possible, what's not, all the past evidence, all the past stories of, you know, the limitations of my own family or, you know, that my husband doesn't like cities, whatever, all of that, and just focus on what it is that I wanted, what was my dream, and it's a dream, and not being attached to it. So, we go off on the rest of our Australian trip and I'll talk about that again, another point, but, and then we're at the Great Barrier Reef and we go hiking and stay to this amazing Airbnb. And then we fly home and we knew we, we needed to get on that flight to Sydney. So we got to the airport extra early to get, make sure our connecting flight to Sydney made it and, or that we weren't going to be a cause. And guess what? The weather happened. So some of the women struggled with this because they, you know, needed to be back. I needed to be back because I had stuff to do the very next day on the ground that was really important, but the weather happened and our flight was delayed and I kept practicing being committed to the best case scenario. And I said, we're going to manage risk. And I let Qantas know throughout our arrival at the airport. And every time we segmented that, Hey, we are group of 10 and we've, we we really need to make this flight. And they say, Oh, don't worry. We're going to check your bags through to San Francisco, depending how fast the flight goes, yada, yada. So we knew this. And about 30 minutes before we landed in Sydney, I was told by the cabin manager that we would not <laughs> make our flight, but don't worry. Qantas was going to take care of us. And they're very well aware of the situation. So we are now stranded in Sydney for 24 hours. Now, here's the thing. 
there's a saying sometimes I'll say to my clients, like, if not this, then something better. And there was some consequences, right? I had a swim meet that we were running. It was the end of the season. People were expecting us to be back. I'm a leader. I want to be back. And then I had house guests coming actually that night because they were coming for the swim meet and we always have a great time that weekend. So it was like, oh my gosh, I had all this stuff and had to figure it out. Some of the university students, they their apartments, their lease was ending on that Saturday. We were supposed to come back on Friday. They had to move. And so, you know, they were scrambling and I just kept managing my mindset because it was like, well, this is happening. Now what? What do we do about it? We can sit here and sulk. The next flight was 24 hours. I even asked if we can get on a flight to LA and going, taking us to Japan. But that would have kept us an extra day because we'd been there for 18 hours and the LA trip wasn't something that they could do. So we're in Sydney for 24 hours. We get to the hotel and get some food. And guess what? we take the train and we go to the harbor and I'm walking on the harbor with my family, with my two daughters and my husband. And we're walking and we're seeing the Sydney opera house and we're seeing the, and the bridge. And then I show them this amazing picnic table with these awesome Australian signs. It's just like giant picnic table. And it's about using common sense and being safe and stuff. So anyways, so we do that and I'm like, Oh my gosh. And then the next day we go to Bondi beach they all swim. I did not because I already did my swim and it was much cooler air wise when they went. So, and I'm like, wow, had I not known that the weather was, would have been like this, my vision would have been always the sunny, beautiful day where they had a bit of overcast and we had rain that day. And I was just blown away of how my dream came about so quickly. And it was great evidence for me of, I don't have to always be in control of everything. And sometimes, if not this, then something better. And my intent was to get home and I really wanted to get home and we got a delayed, but we got something better. And so my friend, I invite you to take nuggets from the story and look at how you can apply it in your life, right? Allow yourself to dream, let go of attaching to the results, go take action, question any limiting beliefs that you may have that may not allow you to be resourceful or overcome obstacles. Because we all have obstacles. Even in my story of the Sydney thing, we could have just said, well, you know, this has been a horrible day and we just need to stay at the hotel because we're going to be too tired and not gone out and saw that. Or we could have been really unfortunate and not gotten hotel rooms and had been at the airport. But there were so many things that did occur to support us so that we could go do those things. So let yourself dream. I really invite, this is your invitation to let yourself dream. And my dream was a dream. And yet there was so much practicality of it. And then there was so much synchronicity to it. Let yourself dream, let go of attachment, whether it happens or not, it's not about your worthiness. It's just about, does it happen? And in what time frame? Sometimes my dreams have taken much longer. This happen much faster. And then the cool thing is that when we came home, we're now talking about going back to Australia because we liked it so much. And one of the things that we're talking about is the next time we go to go see a show in the opera house. And it was so interesting because it was my husband who even suggested that. I wouldn't even have thought of that as a dream, right? To go. And I've heard the acoustics are amazing, but that is something that I'm going to definitely look into the next time. So I can't wait to hear about how you let yourself dream in your experience and who you become in the process. And before I wrap up, 
The September workshop is open. It's going to be next week. And so you can go on the podcast note page and sign up for this workshop. And in this workshop, you're going to learn how to manage your mind, just like I did, right? Not walking down Sydney Harbor, but you're going to learn how to manage your mind. You're going to learn how to feel better. You're going to learn how to do what I did in Sydney. And instead of numbing and packing down your pain so that you can create your life that your heart desires, the life that your heart desires, not my heart, not somebody else's heart, but your heart. You may not be excited about going to Australia and seeing the opera house and seeing Bondi beach and, you know, going to the icebergs pool or, you know, seeing the bridge. That's okay. That's what my heart desires. What does your heart desire? So that's what we're going to be working on in the September workshop. And it's virtual. So you and I can be together with a bunch of people. We're going to be online. We're going to be like our version of the Brady Bunch and it's life transforming. The link is in the show notes. I look forward to you joining us. Hey there, before we go, I have a question for you. Have you subscribed to the show yet? This is an awesome opportunity for you to preserve your brain juice. I love the fact that I can subscribe to podcasts and television shows and they go straight to my iPhone or they go straight to my DVR and then I don't have to worry of, oh no, especially with television shows. Did I hit record? Is it going to be there? Or now do I have to watch it on demand and go through all the commercials? So go and hit the subscribe button. There's a link in the show notes and that will ensure you that you never miss a show and you can also save your brain juice for other things in your life. There's way more important things, but you and I will still be connected because the show will be waiting for you in your phone. Go to the link in the show notes, subscribe to the show so you can automatically get all the shows to your phone. I'm smiling big for you. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wide awake.